This episode of the Major Issues Podcast is brought to you by Patreon.com slash CBC Clubhouse. Comic Book Click is on Patreon, guys. For as little as $0.10 cents a day or $3 a month, not only can you help keep the lights on here at Comic Book Click headquarters, but your donation gives you access to exclusive content like CBC commentaries, polls where you can choose what content we cover next, and special behind-the-scenes footage of things here at Comic Book Click. Visit Patreon.com slash CBC Clubhouse today and become a Patreon. And remember, you, yes you, are worthy. Hello everybody out there in comic book land My name is George Serrano, aka The Don And if you're listening to this, you can only be here for one reason And it's a brand new episode of the Major Issues Podcast Brought to you by ComicBookClick.com And as always, I am never alone Sir, can you please introduce yourself? I am all of Cal Penn's cut lines Gregory Thomas, aka GT Rebirth <laughs> GT Rebirth is back uh, with Harold and Kumar going to White Castle to talk about <laughs> uh, we're here to celebrate another anniversary last week we covered Flashpoint to celebrate its 10 year anniversary and uh, today we decided that we were going to discuss Superman Returns 15 years bro it's been 15 years since Superman Returns um, just recently Warner Brothers put up a um, what would you call that uh, a mural of sorts of okay. their DC extended universe. And they showed their, their uh, Batman as Michael Keaton and their Superman as um, Christopher Reeve and, uh, and um, Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. I was going to say Arthur Curry as Aquaman. <laughs> um, yes. Jason Momoa as Aquaman. A lot of people were Jason upset. Jason Momoa as Arthur Curry as Aquaman. Yes. <laughs> a lot of people were upset because they, they, a lot of people become very touchy about the replacement of Henry Cavill. Mm-hmm. In the DCEU, where do you sit on all that? Um, I'm not upset. I I guess I'm 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 not upset at the, at the replacement, especially I'm upset at the idea that like it came to this. Yeah, like this is your fault. Right, right. I, I think also like there's never been a uh, decisive word on the whole thing, right? It's all scuttlebutt. It's all hearsay. It's all like yeah, oh well, they've, they've maybe. absolutely never like. There's not there's not been a whisper of recast and Henry Cavill has never come like if anything, Henry Cavill is constantly in defense of the role. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like that's been the big thing right now, besides uh, you know, what Batman eats for breakfast. Everyone's talking <laughs> about, you know, um the likelihood of Henry Cavill returning and what this what the DCEU is going to be looking like in the future with possibly a new Superman, Supergirl. Um, images are popping up all over about her showing up in the flash and it's terrible, terrible security on that set. Yo, um, did you see like I had woken up to see all the suit reveals for shazam and mm-hmm. after doing some research i realized that the reason why they were revealed is because uh zachary levi was like i, I don't know if i can keep this from being spoiled so i'm just going to post it <laughs> here on the costumes <laughs> which can't blame if i just get ahead of it they can't hurt me yeah yeah sure that <laughs> that, that works um but yeah all, all this superman talk and you everyone when they talk about superman i feel like you fall on one side or the other. A lot of people are in love, you know, hearts in their eyes for Christopher Reeves' <laughs> original uh, interpretation of the character. Henry Cavill, you know, for what it's worth, 
made a bunch of Superman fans for the first time with Man of Steel. I I believe that without a shadow of a doubt. But in the middle, in the middle of those two juggernauts, sits a man in the middle of those two franchises, sits a film, right? Just like a kryptonite island in the middle of the ocean, (laughs) threatening to destroy everything that it touches, is Superman Returns and Brandon Rouse Superman. Now, full transparency, I hadn't seen this full film. I saw a lot of the action. Never. I I, I think I attempted it and I fell asleep. I think it was one of those things that I had on DVD. Mm. I attempted and I fell asleep. It's it's a very long film. And I had no appreciation for the OG Superman. So this, like an homage to an old thing to me was just like, I I didn't get it. It seemed very boring. And stuff like that. And the homage is thick. Super thick. Um, and if you're one of those people that felt like the reason why there hasn't been a Superman is because we can't keep going back to the well of that, then you get this. <laughs> it's like, this mm-hmm. is exactly why I don't think, you know, a Superman can come out. But can you remember uh, watching this film for the first time and what you, what you thought about it? I, I don't remember the first time. Um, I, I, I don't remember a lot of things from 15 years ago, in fact. But... <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's all because of the vaccine, would, bro. It's probably. Um, <laughs> I don't remember disliking it. I remember thinking it was all right. I think a lot of that probably has to do with the fact that I had gotten a Superman film in modern technology, and I was just happy to have it. Yeah, there's a lot <laughs> to be said about that. You know, like. When when you when all you have is seventies movies and a few shows on a TV budget, it like it's kind of nice to get that Superman imagined in the way you in you see it in your head. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of like the the, the I would say some of the set pieces towards the end are really impressive, really well thought yes. out. The physics of it and all that kind of stuff. There, um, we we talk about like the this dark age right of comic book films <laughs> that that came where batman seemed to not be able to miss and then superman just couldn't get off the ground yeah um after the failure of superman 4 the quest for peace in i think it's 87 which we covered here um they were like yeah we're not doing superman for a while we're just not gonna touch him uh they did steal mm-hmm. which within a world that didn't have a superman in it that i don't i don't know shack yeah, well. Space Jam. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with all that kind of stuff there. And then, uh, are you aware of the famous uh, Superman Lives? Uh, story? I'm aware of it. Yes. Yeah. So for those who don't know, um, they attempted to make, like, definitively make a Superman film in the late '90s called Superman Lives that had a bunch of pre-production woes and studio interference, and ultimately, also off the back of Batman and Robin failing, they were just like, "Yeah, we're not going to do this." Mm-hmm. So then we get Superman Returns, the film that we're talking about today, a superhero film directed by Brian Singer, um, who's not that great of a person, uh, written by Michael Daughtry and Don ha- Dan Harris from a story by Singer, Daughtry and Harris based on Superman It's considered the sixth and final installment in the original Superman film series, which I think is kind of false. I don't hmm. count this in that lexicon. I- are you fitting you those? Th- yeah, are you fitting those five together? Um, I don't see. I don't know where it's 
placed because I don't know if it pays attention to the later films. Supposedly, it's between it's not between. I, I sorry, it's, it's after, after two. two. And, yeah, it's yeah. after two, and it erases everything else. Uh, yes, like like, like I was gonna say, like X Men Dark Fate, like yeah. uh, Terminator Dark Fate. Right, um, right, right. Yeah, it it erased everything after two. So then, if I'm discounting, you know, two other films, I can't say it's in this. It feels like a, it's weird to say that it's in the same. I, don't know, I guess, like I. I, I'm I'm sort of just used to that sort of thing already, so I was like I'm pretty accepting of it. It's just like the way it goes. Um, yeah, this this uh, this Superman has never met Richard Pryor. Yes, that's what that's what's going that's what's going on here. Um, and and like the it it sets up some amusing things, and the idea is like it, he he went away to just find some fragments of planets or something. Yes, uh, supposedly. Uh, astronomers found what could be the remnants of Krypton, so he went out there to go figure that out. And I'm assuming this happens after he fought Zod, threw him in that hole, <laughs> yeah, through the through the, the uh, sticky wrap on him, and then he fell through that hole. Yes, yes, yes. So, in 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 a sense, like I guess you could imagine it takes place after that, but at the same time, it's like it 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 cuts such a swath through the other movies that it can be it it could be anything. Yeah, and. Y- even so, if you have any kind of tangential idea of Superman, like this could have been kind of like a quasi reboot, you know, like yeah. so long as you were familiar that Superman and Lois and Lex, you know, and those those elements are always around. It'd be real easy to just assume that this was just another story. I think my biggest issue with this film after watching it twice is that I can't fit Brandon Ralph Superman in the Christopher Reeve Superman hole. No, not to me. I feel like if this was standalone, it'd be it, it'd be a contender. It'd be like, okay. wow, it, 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 it's 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 almost like a and I, this is going to sound like a slight, but it's not. It's almost like a very, very well made fan film in mm. the sense that it has everything in it that a fan would want from Superman, but not it's missing something, something technical. I don't know if it's technical, like editing, like where it should okay. be whittled down to two hours or something. Or um, the, It could have used some more edits. Or direction, because I don't see like I, Kate Bosworth doesn't seem like the same kind of chain smoking, <laughs> foul mouthed Lois Lane from <laughs> the OG uh, Superman films. Or right. am I, or, or am I just uh, am I just bugging on this side? I can, see. Here's the funny thing. Um, I I can see that because I I think it's I think it's so it's interestingly it's an interesting set of like diametrically opposed casts. Yeah. Where Brandon Ralph is sort of uncanny in his resemblance to Christopher Reeve at some shots of this movie. Yes. Kate Bosworth could not be more different than Marco <laughs> Kidder. Right, right. Yeah, and like I don't knowing the Marco Kidder character or that version of Lois Lane, it seems very weird uh the direction that they choose to go in uh with Lois and, and Superman in this film. Mm-hmm. But uh, just going, getting ahead with some of the back, the background stuff. The film stars Brandon Routh as Clark Kent slash Superman, Kate Bosworth as Lois Lane, Kevin Spacey as Lex Luthor, with James Marsden, Frank Langella, and Parker Posey. Uh, the film tells the story of the title character returning to Earth after a five-year absence. He finds that his love interest, Lois Lane, has moved on with her life and that his arch nemesis, Lex Luthor, is plotting a scheme to kill Superman and reshape uh north north america yeah okay (laughs) 
So let's get this thing started. Uh, full spoilers for those who haven't seen this 15-year-old movie. And if you haven't, pause it right now. Go watch it. And we'll be right here. It'll be like we never even left. You went through the time door. You came back. Don't even worry about it. So our film starts off with that boisterous Jor-El voiceover, right? And um, later on, Martin Brando actually appears in this film as Jor-El reprising his role from the first film and stuff. It's a well, use of... A, a, an older image of him. Right, It's because it, that's what it is. It's a use of old footage of CGI because he had already passed away. Um, and, and even with his inclusion in this, they had to negotiate with his estate to get permission to have his footage used. Do people need Brando's Jor-El footage that bad, man? Could they I, not I, just... Like, what? what? I think it's one of those things that to um to sort of nail the fact that this is the other fruit timeline yeah yeah because it's arguable why anyone would even go back to brando like i heard he was such a, he was a it was a problem actor during the original production of that of that series of films and then like right now when you have a new blank slate to go yeah. oh well now we got to go knock on his door and ask him if we can use his, his stuff again feels a little weird you are a child of krypton of where <laughs> krypton he's reading it on his hand back <laughs> uh, uh, we get um, the we get back to the intro and the classic Superman credits um, you know made famous by those first Superman films <laughs> it sounded like a little bit of a begrudgingly groan over there uh, GT did you not it like the 10 minutes whole 15 other minutes to the <laughs> goddamn film I was just saying you don't like the I 10 minutes I appreciate what they were going for but just it's, <laughs> it was already long at least in this one it was like him flying right back I'm assuming yeah. that was the that was the animation, which was just which is all right. That's pretty cool. I, 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 is that what it's trying to imply? I guess I can get that. That's what I thought. That's what I got. I got more from that one than I had from some of the other ones. But like, it's that <laughs> it's that cheesy kind of outline of the letters zooming in uh, uh, yes. at you, um, kind of stuff. But it it's really trying to um, pull on those nostalgic strings, and it does that by having the John Williams score in the background, even though John Ottman is the composer. Um, yeah, Singer got permission to use uh, William's score, and he said he wouldn't even have done the film if he couldn't. Adorable. I mean, yeah. I can imagine how anybody wouldn't want to if you couldn't. Yeah, but imagine the balls to get uh, Hans Zimmer on and be like, hey, you're locked in this basement, and you better come up with something, John Williams or better, in the next couple of months, you're out. Uh, um, but, uh, continuing to the, the uh, Superman tradition for... Um, casting essentially a complete nobody as the superman yeah um did this opener make you nostalgic like going back on rewatch for this cast did you find yourself like oh maybe this isn't as long or uh you know no because it's just like um like i said it, it, it was fine for the first few like moments and it was just like okay wait do we need to feature every actor yeah are you going to are you going to zoom in on the name of Grip Handler Three? Like, <laughs> okay. can do it without you, Grip Handler Three. <laughs> uh, fantastic yeah. guys. I, I I can say that the most nostalgic I ever got, like in the, watching this film, is usually when the music plays. They're very good at that, and that music is evocative. Yeah, and the music is evocative, man. It, it, it is. Although I, you know, I also say this controversially that. My favorite part of the Superman score is actually the Superman and Lois little ditty. Okay. The little, the little, and it took me a while to get it, but I really, really, I think I like the other stuff, but like, I really like that little ditty. Um, mm -hmm. So before it was uh, Brian Singer, Brett Ratner was actually attached to direct this. And mm. 
he was going to cast a very famous man to play Jor-El. He was going to put Sir Anthony Hopkins in the seat. And I think had he done that, we would not got Odin, as it were. So that's that's interesting. People <laughs> like I'm doing too many fathers. I'm not doing all these damn famous. Anthony suit. Hopkins comes in for this, gets put in this silly suit. And he's just like, I'm never doing this shit again. Yes, yeah, just make everybody. Uh, Anthony Hopkins is everybody's weird space dad. That's it. <laughs> that's just how that's gonna work. So in this universe, Superman has been missing for five years after the mm. events of Superman two and his fight with Zod. So since then, our Man of Steel has been traveling to the Which location. Which raises a lot of questions. Like what, brother? What you got on your mind? Like, like uh, he was gone for five whole years in which yeah. his pantheon of villains is just sort of like, it, is, is, he, is he really gone? Yeah. Yeah. Is it like, is there anyone else protecting Metropolis? Check, the, check this crap out, right? So he, he bounces to where he mm-hmm. thinks Kryptonite's at. It's later revealed in the video game that the whole Krypton discovery oh, no. was a hoax devised by Lex Luthor to draw Superman oh, no. away from Earth oh, so God. that Lex could be released from prison. <laughs> oh, no. So that when Superman was called to testify, GT, he was a no-show, mm-hmm. thus making, uh, making an open and shut case to free my man Lex from prison. They put this in the video game? In the, of course, because that's where you go for your supplementary material when oh, it comes to Superman. God damn it. Okay. You go to the very, the very horrible video games. Um, sure. so, so yeah, while he was off planet, Superman's foe and evil genius Lex Luthor, played by the very problematic Kevin Spacey, was mm. released from prison and he married a rich widow only to obtain her fortune after her death. Her death. What do you think of Spacey in this? I actually enjoyed him a lot. Yeah. Like, he was one of the things I sort of enjoyed. And, like, like, Spacey's always been a very good actor. Yes. And has no problem going just full over the top. Yeah. 100%. I, so I like, his, for, his, for his work, like, you can tell he's having fun and I'm having fun watching him have fun. There is a playfulness when it comes to the, him fighting Superman. Like when he thinks that the kid is is, is his son or, yeah. um, you know, when like my favorite, favorite part of his in this is when he tries to get Lois to say that Superman is going to come and stop him yeah. just so he could yell at her. Yeah. <laughs> it's like wrong. It, <laughs> even, it, even for one of the little things, like another actor would probably think I need to like uh, I need to maintain a level of dignity to this character. So I'm going to take the toothbrush out of my mouth. And he's just like, no, no. Just yeah, there's a, there's a camp there's a camp to him like even in the like, like the diorama stuff always gets me like these evil villains with these arts and craft skills that make these mm-hmm. dioramas of their evil plans and keep them in a room to unveil them like it's all hilarious wait for it yes <laughs> uh so during filming kevin spacey would drive around in a golf cart that he called lexus super buster dragging around a stuff <laughs> a stuffed superman doll behind on a rope yelling superman must die into a megaphone you know typical <laughs> on the days uh stuff there nothing, nothing 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 creepy nothing don't nothing to check out here that'll lighten up the set 100 percent after fight after not finding any remnants himself superman returns to earth and speaks with his mother and later as clark kent goes back to reporting at his job at the daily planet in metropolis where his pal jimmy olsen is happy to see him uh so this is our first kind of look at i guess brandon ralph he's not superman yet 
But it's our first look at Brandon Routh as a character of Clark. I mean, he shows up as Superman to his mama. Um, yeah, let's talk a little bit about Brandon um, and what do you think about him in this role? I think he's, I think he's very good at it. Like, there, there, if there's any complaints you have about this film, I, for me, it is not Brandon Routh. Right. Now that, now that I think about it, this like they should have found a way to do this like a prequel or something because <laughs> because I think that's like I said again my issue he resembles Christopher Reeve but Christopher Reeve looked older in his movies yes. than than this so to consider this a sequel and they look younger I think is what's jarring with my head if this was like Smallville Clark if you got Bosworth to play Lana Lang maybe instead of Lois Lane you understand know what I'm saying. Yeah. Then we might be then we might be pulling some of these uh these strings. We, we, we can't be writing better movies here, George. I know, I know, that's not our job. I, I <laughs> like I, I do like Brandon Ralph in this. I think he's not um done well by the weird like sepia that's over okay. all this. There's like a weird haze, like an 80s uh Hades fuzz, I feel like on all this. I didn't catch that. It's like a glow, like a warmth. But it feels it feels artificial. It doesn't feel same way like Man of Steel is on, on purpose cold. Like all of that looks like gray, and it's on purpose like to feel alien. This yeah, I think Dan's like, gonna rake me over the coals for saying I didn't notice it. No, but I, I think <laughs> I think when you look like when you look at um, even even when they did it on Crisis, when you whenever they go back to the Daily Planet, there's always this glow. There's always this okay. warmness, this warmness, and it's like old fashioned nature to this stuff. Um, and I think Brandon probably would have been served better playing a modern version of Reeves as opposed to trying to play Reeves. Okay, Does that makes sense. Um, I, I like I, him. I guess. I, I guess you're. I guess you're saying like you'd rather have had like an original man that is inspired by that take instead of saying this is the same timeline. Right, 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 and. Um, he had, you know, Brian Singer brought in Brandon Ralph. He arranged for them to meet in a coffee shop so they could talk over this whole role. And when they got there, Ralph ends up fumbling and bumbling and spilling hot coffee all over the table. And so he's like, I just, I just, I, I just, just going. No. So, yeah. So Brandon Ralph's like, oh, I just lost the whole part. And Singer's like, <laughs> you got the job. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's like, uh, it, it, you know, they said that the incident is what convinced Singer that he could actually pull off being clumsy. So I thought that was pretty. He's like, I got a method actor here. He's already, he's already in the role. That's another thing, though. You know, one could argue that Brandon Ralph is aggressively handsome, GT. You know, and sometimes <laughs> yes. oh, handsome yeah. people can't be funny. That I don't make the it, rules. It it can make it um difficult sometimes. Yeah, and so uh, do you think he has that nature? Do you agree with Singer? He has that fumbly bumbly kind of. I like him eating it. the the taco, the, the the Mexican food with the napkin. <laughs> <laughs> the napkin tucked up in his, in his I do, and like, like, um, I've heard Brandon in interviews, and he's just sort of naturally goofy and nerdy. Yeah, I I've gotten so much more of a sense of that man through Legends. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like I know him now. Like, this was just like two ships passing in the night, and like right. Legends, you know, he like crashed and then then never left. He's always on the couch, <laughs> you know. That that I've got I've got I've got to actively watch that show again. Like you went out, you know, not the million tangents that is the major issues podcast, but like what I was saying before <laughs> about the, you know, um, the him playing Reeves, he much more does what they want him to do here in in the crisis. Right. 
you know, because he, he does look older and wearier, and you can believe that that was Superman Returns, Superman, a couple of years later. Uh, I really, yes. I really like, I really like they did that. They did that, but then he thinks that Superman and Lois's Lois looks familiar. Yeah, <laughs> even though she looks nothing like Kate Bosworth, but does look like um, Margot Kidder. So you know what I said? This is what we were going for. So he recognized it. <laughs> Man, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Which, by the way. Which, by the way, makes watching this movie really morbid when you realize the choices they made in Crisis. Yeah, everyone's dead. Don't they future? all die except for Superman? Yeah, yeah they're all dead. It, it, they all, they had like a memorial to all the people who died in the Daily Olsen, Planet. Kidder, the child, or just like, damn, none of y'all make uh, it. That child was kind of frail anyway, though, but oh, <laughs> we'll get to, we'll get oh, to him in a bit. Uh, once he gets there, though, he finds out that Lois Lane, Kate Bosworth, has won a Pulitzer Prize on her article, Why the World Doesn't Need Superman. The most trash. This is, this is a, 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 what do they call that? Um, mudslinging. She's mudslinging against the Man of Steel. <laughs> you know, this is a hit piece on the, on, the, on the most selfless man in the world. And it turns out it was published on February 13th of 2005, which means that she wrote this angry about Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I can picture it. You understand? I can picture her thinking about Superman, and then, then Richard comes in, brings her a bunch of flowers, and she's like, you know what? Delete, delete, delete. Why the world doesn't need Superman? <laughs> it's just a big old bottle of wine. Yeah, you understand? Let me tell you why the world don't need <laughs> Superman. I, just, I appreciate. I just appreciate the reveal. It's just like, oh, Lois won a Pulitzer. I always knew she could. Oh, it's about why I suck. Yep, yep. <laughs> Meanwhile, Lex Luthor and his goons travel to the Fortress of Solitude and steal Kryptonian crystals. He uses the Kryptonian tech to learn more about the alien tools at his disposal, which he uses for an experiment that causes a power outage on the East Coast. This is what we're talking about. So basically, he figures out that if you take uh, you know, these Kryptonian crystals and, and kryptonite and throw them in the ocean, they mm. spontaneously create land masses, which he's going to then sell real estate wise, ignoring the fact that it's going to murder millions of people in its creation. Because once, you know, once you put something in a space where there was nothing, everything else gets pushed out of the way. And, uh, you know, basically North America is set to um, be destroyed by this plan here he doesn't seem to care and this is right up the alley of real estate lex luther from um the reeves series of films what do you think about this plan gt uh, how does it, how does it rank it, with lex luther plans in your mind um kind of low because i think i i have a a, a method a methodical like problem with this idea okay which is to say the planet just seems to have an abundance of kryptonite on it because yeah. that's that's how we wrote this situation. Yeah. Yeah. And and they they make a point to show the explosion and how all the kryptonite is just hurtling in this direction. Yep. And in my head I'm saying this uh copyright pale blue dot that we are on <laughs> is mostly water. Yeah. You the odds that it, it wouldn't fall there. into water. Yeah, the odds that it wouldn't fall into water are actually lower than if they would. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it, it's, it's all kind of weird. I feel like Lex is also like he, he um, toes the line of being like extre extremely serious to the point of like murdery. Right. To kind of like just like <laughs> happy that he's about to do this, this whole beachfront property thing. I don't like 
real estate Lex Luthor. But yeah. I guess, I guess that's like what evil people did in the eighties. They bought buildings <laughs> and kicked people out and made them pay exorbitant prices for beachfront property. So right. maybe, maybe to a to a set person, like what would an evil person have to? What would Lex Luthor have to do now? He'd have to have some sort of app or something, right? Some sort of like. Maybe LexCorp is what builds up the social credit system in, uh, in Maybe, Metropolis. At, at that point, at that point, you're always getting too close to Skynet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because he's not—he's smart in this, but we don't really see much technology besides that gun thing, right? That kryptonite. Mm-hmm. I mean, but um, the man who can engineer a kryptonite cannon, yes, landmass builder. Uh, yeah, that—that's got to take a genius to do that. I—I I mean, I guess I always imagine my uh. My apex, um, oh god, I just realized what I said. Apex Lex, kill me. Uh, apex Lex, kill me now. Apex um, Lex, baby. <laughs> uh, my like apex of evil Lex Luthor is probably just like you know the corrupt politician version, yeah, yeah. I like Super Lex too. I like the complexity of a man who thinks that he can sure. be he can be the hero there. I wonder if we ever get uh, to the point uh, there, but we will see. Uh, the power loss interferes with the flight of a space shuttle to be launched into space from it, its piggyback mounting on an airliner occupied by Lois Lane, who is covering the story. She's also Lois Lane is also being like really snippy <laughs> to uh, to the the lady on the plane, and she's like, "Uh, we'll talk later." Uh, the Clark flies into action as Superman as the plane goes down and stops the plane from crashing into a baseball stadium. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about this scene. I feel like they did a great job displaying this tension in this scene. Um, I feel like the scope, like seeing that plane spiraling, you know, into this death spiral and watching Superman try to, at various points, grab it, get some kind of leverage. Um, yes. The physics of it, I thought were really cool. I'm not a physicist. I was going to say a physician, but that's not what it is. I'm not a <laughs> physicist. I'm not a physicist, but they seem to have been played with more physics here than ever with Superman. I right. mean, the last film I saw with, with Superman, he rebuilt the uh, Great Wall of China with his eyes. So this I, one, uh, that's, that's, that's still a special one. This one, they had, they had to have a scientist on retainer somewhere. Um, <laughs> but yeah, what do you think about that, uh, that, that whole scene there? Uh, it's a fun scene, and like, I I sort of enjoy the, like even the little moments of when like he's sort of trying to land it on the baseball stadium, and you see the tension of him holding it back ripple through the rest of the plane. As as it would and as it should, yeah, yeah. Like, it it's 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 a good part, almost immediately followed by like a somewhat nonsensical idea of him being able to completely lift the entire airplane by the nose of it without the weight of the back end just kind of curling Sh- yeah shattering it, so. through yeah like um i like i said i i'm not i'm not a, a physicist um so i i dug it but i also just saw invincible and yeah. not to spoil anything but I, I assume when you stop something from coming at a very high speed and you're stronger than it you will go right through it uh yeah. And I think they did something like that. Yes, yes. And they even talk. They talk about this exact thing in in the uh, comic. And I think the the show for the boys, where Homelander's asked to stop a plane from calling out of the sky, and he's like, "That stuff only works in the movies. If I put my hands up, I'll go right through it." (laughs) What do you think of the Superman suit? Even if I did stop it, the power of me stopping it will destroy the entire thing. Right, right. And it won't even be worth it. It'll just be a flaming husk. What do you think about that? What do you think about that suit? Um, you know what's interesting on from a distance, like 
I, well, from a distance sounds bad. I think it's a very good looking suit. Okay. There are little details in it that are kind of weird. Yes. I, I have two major problems with it. My, my first major okay. problem is I don't think the red is red enough. Really? I need my red. It's like a weird maroon, okay. even, bra- even brown, kind of like a dark brown at okay. points. And I'm like, I need that. I need that a little bit brighter. And I, to me, it feels like the logo is too small on his chest. It's like a quaint little... Um, I don't mind that, but like I, I have found that I have found that like costume makers have a difficult time finding a happy medium with that. Hundred percent, yeah, and that's why I'm not. It's not terrible. Like, oh my god, I couldn't stand it seeing it. But it's like, yeah. man, every time you see a Superman, so it's like just a little bit here, a little bit less there, a little bit more there. You know, it, it's hard to nail it perfectly. Man of Steel, I think did a tremendous job. What was your biggest problem with this suit? Uh. What I found to be a unusual and unneeded detail choice, which was I don't I don't remember if it's the entire suit or just the S, but like they are splattered with tiny little Superman S's. Yes, yeah, I think it's the and S. And I was just like, but why? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there was no rhyme reason. Do that? And later on, you know, they'll at least write it. They'll, they'll use Kryptonian language to create the glyphs in the Superman sure. suit that is in Man of Steel. But this was just stylistic. I guess he, he had branding. You want to have all his Superman uh, logos all over his chest. It's just like, hey, why would you do that? Why would you? What is the manufacturing purpose of this decision? I don't get it. And like you said, and you, you can't know, even see it on screen. So what was the point? That's the biggest thing. The things that the costume designers, you know, bug out over versus what we sit here and talk about sometimes with two completely different things in, yeah. a, in, in an interview with the washington post i'm oh, sorry in, in an article in newsweek i'm sorry in uh, on september 12th of 2005 um it turns out that the biggest question concerning superman's costume in this film was the size and the shape of the bulge in front of his tights i don't think you heard that gt i said that the biggest <laughs> question Aww. Concerning Superman's costume involved the size and the shape. The shape, because that makes a lot of sense. He's Kryptonian. Of the bulge in the front of his tights. Costume designer Louise Ming Ming Mingenbach finally decided on a bulge that wasn't too big. Ten-year-olds will be seeing of this course movie. He did. She explained. Yeah, she explained that ten-year-olds are gonna be seeing the film, so you know, gotta work on that bulge. Uh and, and, you know, 2005, plane falling out of the sky, very scary mm. imagery. Four years prior to that, one of the worst uh, terrorist attacks on North American yes. soil in our great city of New York City. Uh, but it could have got even worse, GT, because in an interview with Washington Post, Brian Singer discussed a scene that was in an early draft of the screenplay. At one point, I had a scene in the script, which I never shot. And I was probably never going to shoot. Yeah, okay. Where Superman would be standing after flying around, rescuing some people at night. And he would be standing at the dawn of ground zero. Sort of standing there. Almost as if to say, if I had been here, this might have not happened. (laughs) Why? Why? What is wrong with this man? He had these should have all been clues that he needed to be investigated prior oh, to him getting God. in trouble. Trouble. What would that have done? And then how? What a joke that would have made 
to the actual people who lost their lives on that day, who didn't right. have a real Superman that could have, who was on vacation. Oh man, if only Superman was around, my dad be around. Oh, thanks, Brian Singer. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. Um, I can't even. <laughs> the world rejoices at Superman's return, but he has difficulty coping with Lois's fiance, Richard White, Dick White. Okay, <laughs> Dick White. If you if you if if you were doing his name in roll call, it'd be White Dick, and Aww. and maybe that was all. This is all for a reason because we get back into this '90s trope of the girl, the guy who's dating the girl I like is automatically the villain. Yes. What did you think of James Marsden as Richard White playing this kind of super cuck uh, situation here? <laughs> You know, but the sad part is, while being mostly dry, he is utterly harmless. Yeah, he almost would make a great Steve Trevor. He was like basically Steve Trevor in this. <laughs> so, like, I almost have no reason to want him to fail as this boyfriend. Yeah, but then I'm like, you know, I like Superman obviously doesn't see him as any like he doesn't see him as a threat. He sees their relationship as a threat, which is, it's a, it's a weird way to frame that, right? But he doesn't mm-hmm. see him as doing anything impressive enough to keep her. But so long as she likes Richard, now there's an issue. Yes. Um, so yeah, and they have a, an incredibly sick five-year-old son named Jason, who has all the, he has the same health sheet from Captain America, uh, the first Avenger, where Steve <laughs> has all those ailments. Um, at home, Richard asks Lois about her obvious crush on Superman. I can't believe, like, in retrospect, I'm not dating the girl that has the article "My One Night with Superman," bro. It's not happening, bro. I can't beat it. Call it lack of self esteem or whatever, bro. It is what it is. You you got it. You girl. sort of know. You sort of know he'll always be there. So it's like it's not like it's not like you live in a big city. And you'll just never meet her ex. It's like he's in the paper. And then it's it, it, and then it's that is a you know a recurring um you know reminder of that thing my mom used to tell me like if you don't want to know the answer don't ask the question because he starts to ask her like did, did you love Superman she's like oh everyone loves Superman you know it's like finding out your girl uh you know was a groupie for Drake it's like do you love Drake <laughs> oh yeah everyone loves Drake babe what are you talking about we all love Drake. Uh, I was right, the girl. only one there what hundred <laughs> percent she denies loving him. Um, which is a sad moment, but it's even sadder when you realize that Superman, for some reason, is watching from the outside, like some kind of weird uh, peeping Clark. Uh, but but he got an answer he needs, I guess. Um, there were some very awkward Superman moments. Yes. With Superman distracted by an out-of-control vehicle, a diversion involving Lex Luthor's henchwoman Kitty Kowalski that calls back to the famous cover of Action Comics number one, um, Luther steals kryptonite from the Metropolis Museum of Natural I History. I forgot they did that. Either that or I think I just did not have the, um, <laughs> the I did not have the reference on retainer in my brain. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is also the scene where they're doing the whole um, mini gun shooting and you get that yes. awesome scene where they pull out the handgun and shoot Superman in the eye. Like that, you can't beat that kind of stuff. And there was no way they were going to do that in Reeves' day. Like that's right. the kind. This was that distinction. This is what we can do here that we could have never done back there. I it's love that. It's the most iconic scene in the movie. I think so. I think so. I also love that Le- Lex's main plot majority of the time is a, just a sequence of wigs. Like that's yeah. just like that's like his main his main espionage is just a series of, of bad wigs that he keeps around. Uh, but that but that's also canonical dealing with uh, Gene Hackman who wore his wig all the way to prison. 
Mm. And then uh, <laughs> took it off. So uh, the next day, Superman. Is, oh, I love that that um, uh, Lex cut the girl's uh, breaks. He, he wasn't supposed to. It was, supposed to, <laughs> it was all supposed to be fake. He was supposed to pretend to cut. That. <laughs> yeah, it was all supposed to be fake. He's like, oh come on, Superman could tell if you were lying. I'll do it for real. Come on, you can always tell when a woman's faking it. Like, oh um, my god, Lex. she slapped him. She slapped him, and he didn't. He didn't like. He didn't bow up. So you know, but this is the beginning of the actual baby face of this film, right? This is the beginning of Kitty's Kitty Begins <laughs> <laughs> because this is the scene. This, this starts off like at various points. He's she. She seems genuinely amazed, aghast at the idea of Superman coming back, having an existing. And the more and more she hears about Lex's crazy plan, the more hesitant she feels about backing right. him, which. Um, you know that's a that's a pretty interesting uh, little wrinkle that they they threw in that plot. The next day, Superman is all anyone could talk about. I like that scene of Superman walking through the Daily Planet and watching all the channels talking about oh. Superman. It's like, huh? Yeah, I am cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so he's walking around. Everyone's talking about Superman. Perry assigns Lois to interview Superman, and she's like, "I've already done Superman." And then everyone looks at her, and they're like, "Yeah, you have." Yeah, you have, Lois. You did Ooh. already. Do yeah, you heard the studio audience in the background. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I they, think there's like three sex jokes in that scene. I'm telling you, they but they uh, they ultimately say, yeah, you. Uh, everyone wants to hear about Superman. It's a bigger story. Take on that. Um, and lo, um, they send Clark to go handle that big blackout. blackout. Yeah, they send Clark to go handle the blackout. Where did I just go? Yeah, so. Jimmy suggests that following Luther might end up help, helping them find out what's going on with Superman and the blackout and all this kind of stuff. And Lois seems to think that it's a good idea. Uh, later, Lois and Clark catch up while doing their investigation, which, which is interrupted when Lois goes to interview Superman. Was Clark disappointed that Lois is smoking? Is that what I, <laughs> what I was supposed to get there? That, that, that's, a, that's a pretty logical thing to gather. Don't be shaming that woman. She's stressed. All right. <laughs> all right, Clark. Um, left her and left her. I think the whole rooftop scene in this scene mud- muddies the movie for me. Not okay. a, it doesn't make it bad. I just don't. I think everyone in that scene is questionable. <laughs> okay. But then again, it may just be me projecting. I'm set to move soon, GT, as you know. I'm mm-hmm. leaving soon. And one day I might return. You know, yes. and when I return, I don't want all this hostility when I come back. You understand? <laughs> Why'd you leave? You know, they told me that you, you couldn't bear saying goodbye, all this other kind of stuff. And I feel bad for everyone involved. Uh, she meets him on the rooftop. She's super confrontational. She's obviously upset that he ever left, you know, um, mm-hmm. and he just calmly is like, I just I just had to go, girl. Like he gives her those fuckboy eyes and he's like, don't even <laughs> come on. But when he when he takes her flying, I say, you know, you fucking up, Clark. You know what you do with Clark. You about to give her something, you know, nobody could ever give her. And it's what helped you bag her in the first place in the first film. It's, it's not like I say, it's not even it's not only a new sensation. It's even worse. It's a familiar one. Exactly. And you no one could say no one involved could say, I didn't know what this meant or how they would take it or how they would interpret it. This is Superman actively trying to get back with yeah this is 100 percent. this is his move um 
So I found all that weird. And then they land and then he tries to kiss her and they, they get very close to kissing. But she's like, Richard's a good man. All right. And he's like, yeah, sure. Oh, 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 fine. I'll see you. And then he, he bounces. What do you feel about Superman's attempt at uh, rekindling his old romance? See, like, I find this entire scene uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, so it's the only one. one. Thing, yeah. Uh, for, for one thing, I feel like nobody wants this. Right. Like, does yeah. anybody want to watch, like, Lois and Clark bicker? Right. 100%. And, and no one wants to see Lois be petty. Right. Like, I never saw her as, like, a petty, maybe stubborn, you know? Sure. Uh, uh, um, you know, hard-headed sometimes as I am on I'm, I'm various occasions, but like petty, like I'm mad at Superman, so I'm gonna trash him in an article, kind of <laughs> stuff. Uh, he comes back, so I'm just gonna tell everybody like, oh, what, what's the big deal? What's the big deal about Superman now that he's back? Like, she's legitimately on her, uh, you know, Tom Petty, and now, <laughs> and 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 he's the hero. You're supposed to be rooting for him. But if you're rooting for him, you're rooting for him to actively erode a happy relationship. Yes. With a child in the balance. But then you find out, you know, other things there. Um, <laughs> so uh, later, Lois and Jason inadvertently board Lex Luthor's yacht. Because, you know, you always accidentally land on somebody's yacht, right? I remember always. the many times I've been walking down the streets, you know, Canal Street and making the wrong left. Now I'm on a billionaire's yacht. And they're captured. After uh, Lois decides to hold interest in the blackout story, which she connects to Luther's experiment. Um, yeah. Th- yeah. She's always been very good at connecting his dots, right? <laughs> Luther yeah, just leaves. Very much so. He leaves all the stuff, all the stuff there to connect. Um, he then reveals to him his grand scheme of using one of the stolen Kryptonian crystals, which he has combined with the kryptonite, to grow a new continental landmass in the northern Atlantic Ocean that will cause sea levels to rise drastically, killing billions of people. This was very like this was like very mustache twirly Lex Luthor. This was very <laughs> uh, super almost super friends, you know? Yeah. Like I don't know if the current Lex Luthor is as okay with the mass loss of life i don't even know if we if, if even jesse eisenberg's next luther was portrayed as somebody who wouldn't care about uh, what about of, I mean, he, um, he did make a doomsday about, <laughs> uh bearded lex um oh a crier yes i like crier i like crier i'm trying to think yeah because um he's in this moment he's incensed I forgot to bring up that they do. I was going to say they do a callback to Batman v Superman. Obviously, it's the other way around. Mm-hmm. Um, he brings up Prometheus in this. Yes. You know, which is the same stuttering speech that Jesse Eisenberg tries to give his thing. Where he talks <laughs> for a little bit. Hoo, ha, hoo, and Prometheus. Hoo, hoo, the, the fire from the gods. Maybe that's his son. <laughs> yeah. 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 Could be. After a couple of those head injuries, he, 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 got, <laughs> he, he had one of those sons. Um so seeing Jason seemingly have a slight reaction to the kryptonite, which I mean, the kid just looked like he was falling asleep. Sure. Luther asks, this is one of my favorite like wordplay scenes. Okay. Luther asks who Jason's father really is. Lois says that it's Richard. Right. right when she says it's Richard, he gets a phone call from somebody else. He picks up the phone call without, and, without saying anything. And they say something to him. And he, without breaking gaze with Lois, says, are you sure? 
almost <laughs> talking to her about is she sure that Richard's the yeah. father, as opposed to is the guy you know. But if you if you don't take it that way, you could just take it as him saying, "Are you sure to the henchman?" Because he's look he's on the phone with somebody, but looking at somebody else. Um, it, it's it's a double talk, double question moment. Do you remember that being a big question when you first saw the film? Because I think by the time by the time I saw it no. this time, it was already like pretty much public. What do they call it? Um, uh, pop culture. You know, uh, it was right. pretty much pop culture that the kid does like a, a a feat of strength towards the end of the film. But did you uh, always believe that it was? I don't think kid? I ever really questioned it, but I, I I think it was always like it's uh, it, it's it's so obviously gonna be because like why would you set that up without? I also feel, I, yeah, I also feel like it has to be because then he is the villain, right? Like the main reason yeah. why you believe that he deserves that family is because two thirds of it is already his. <laughs> you that's understand? fair. That's fair. So that's why you're you're rooting for him. Uh, and then Mars then goes to Westchester, learns some a thing or two about how to channel his rage, uh, and then he dies because he gets cucked by Wolverine. <laughs> it's just oh, like, no. it's not, it doesn't work out for my man. It's terrible. No, see, what happens is, like, you get the other Superman that comes in because you find out Brandon Ralph is the new 52 Superman and they have to kill him off. <laughs> yes, yes, he has to go blow up with the sun. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. They, they, they put that movie where I get the CGI Chris Reeves and talking to Brandon Ralph and Henry Cavill, we got to make him into some kind of weird amal- <laughs> amalgamation of a terrible-looking person. <laughs> oh, my God. Barrel-chested, strong-jawed. <laughs> baby face he's gonna look like a monster so the crystal begins to create luther's new landmass he just like shoots it into the ocean and then instantly just starts to it's like a well, chia pet wait for it yeah it's like a chia pet this thing he just puts it in the ocean just starts to grow um lois attempts to escape but is attacked by a henchman um at one point lois his son and the henchman are playing piano together Yes, which uh, I actually thought was like a sweet scene. For some I li- I liked her trying to fax. Yeah, <laughs> I like the idea of someone trying to like not a text message, you know, not write it down and throw it out the window. She's like gonna. <laughs> What's that? Oh, don't even worry about it. She's like she's resigned to the fact like I'm gonna get caught, but it's gonna get sent. Yes. <laughs> um. So. Yeah. So uh, he does that. Jason throws a piano at the henchman, but mm-hmm. I'm assuming even though we know he threw him in this course of the film, I guess you're supposed to believe it still might be, it still might be not real, right? Or something. They're still making you have doubts or something. Cause at one point she asked him to open the door and he's like, I can't. And I then he goes like baby's first murder. Yeah, I guess. And he's <laughs> fine with it. But then again, it's just that guy was tr- the thing of his own. This she- inhaler. He was going to kill. Yeah, he was going to uh, kill that woman. Also, they do a long shot. I don't know if you remember of the guy's back of his head. It's like a yes. tattoo. So I'm like, oh, what's the, that? Like a- yeah, I look it up. Oh, this tattoo is in reference to the serial killer, John Wayne Gacy. So oh, God. What the hell? A- but what does that have to do with this? And what does that have to do? I, thought, that they were just trying to, I just thought they were trying to insinuate that he's had eyes at the back of his head. Right, something, something more to the to the that displays the character of the man than that. And I guess if you're that big of a fan of John Wayne Gacy, we should you should get informed by that. But like, sure. what a weird reference to throw in. But again, again, the guy who made this was a very strange man. Uh, so meanwhile, 
Superman is attempting to minimize the destruction of Metropolis. This is my favorite part of the film, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. Caused by the new landmasses growth, where, and Richard arrives in a seaplane to rescue Lois and Jason. So Superman is using all of his various powers to save the villains of the villains, the citizens of Metropolis, <laughs> from the effects of Luther's plan. Yes. So we see like how it's causing these big fucking pillars of fire to burst through the manholes, and he's mm-hmm. using his ice breath for that. We see um, him use heat vision to catch the falling debris. It, like and the while like vision in this movie looks awful. Yeah, it does. Um, I actually had to like look, look like I'm like I think that's what he's doing, and I was like, I'm like, yeah, that's what they're trying to attempt to show us that he's doing. But I do like the flying, uh, dynamics. I guess you could say. Like yeah. I like that when I like that he like turns and goes on his back and starts to fly backwards to laser those things, and then does like a barrel roll and flies like out. a laser wall for them to all fall into. Yeah, yeah. I I really like that that ease of that because we only ever got one arm <laughs> back in the day and then you can just like kind of tilt left or right and in superman 4 it was the same shot used about five times <laughs> yeah so i like that uh i like the dynamics of that there but hands down we have to give it to the scene of him flying through the windows of the buildings to catch that daily planet globe right like yeah. <laughs> it goes choom, right, right through the, all those buildings and then he catches the globe the, the superhero shot, music swells, the audience right. is all there, and he's Superman, you know? Like, and I think that like, this, sh- um, this whole scene is such a, like, a diametrically opposed, um, how you say, tone to, like, what you kind of get out of the Cavill Superman, where it's just like, yeah. Man of Steel gives you um several minutes of a big superman fight and it's almost like he really gets to save a person yeah superman returns gives you only scenes of him sort of saving people and he never throws a punch yeah i had two main thoughts that was the first one was like you know wow like i i like the superman that's gonna go out of his way to save two people if he can you know like in in route to go save 10 if he can save two he will try his very best um the second thing is that when you see him do all of this, it kind of makes the Justice League seem kind of like superfluous. Like he, right. he he does he saves everyone in Metropolis. He saves everyone on the continent. <laughs> you know, like by himself, no help, no problems. He is stabbed with his literal weakness, the one thing that can kill him, and he still manages to live. Uh, so I'm like, wow, this guy, like he, I, I how do you do? Uh, I somehow he did less in Man of Steel. Yeah, like like I, I guess it was with less ease, one could argue. Sure. But but we're talking about two Supermen at very different points in their superhero. Absolutely. So that also counts there as well. Um, Richard and Lois and Jason get stuck in the yacht as it's impaled by the growing landmass, and it goes crashing into the ocean. Hmm. Things look extremely bleak. Like I I I know they were gonna die, but at one point, like like all the water comes over the the like periscope window thing mm-hmm. and like and oh my god lois should have died that like heavy steel door crashes onto her head to the point that it knocks her unconscious underwater i was like oh, what is going i was like is this how this all ends i forgot i'm like this is this is open and shut case i guess this is how we're gonna clean everything up it is but, all uh, very grim very grim and then superman shows up Da-da-da-da. 
and he <laughs> arrives. I think he, does he like press his S onto the the, the window or something like that. <laughs> they know they see something of his, but like he, there's an awesome shot of him pulling the ship up from the ocean, realizing realizing that he's like holding it by like the like the littlest bit of metal that he can get a grip on. Yeah, um, and then you have that cool scene where he tells Richard to hold on to his family and grab him, and he lets go of the uh, the yacht. And just come, falls down crashing. Really, really cool stuff that we, that we wouldn't have been able to do back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but, 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 yeah, so then he's like, all right, yeah, good now. I'm going to go find Lex Luthor. Meeting uh, Luthor, Superman discovers the landmass is filled with kryptonite. Um, and he's get kick, he gets kicked down some stairs. And then Luthor and his henchmen are able to beat him up. This is the first time. I was going to say, this is the first time in the film that Brandon Routh and Kevin Spacey share screen time, and it Mm -hmm. is 112 minutes into the film. Yes. (laughs) You were saying? I was going to say, there was an incredibly amusing part in that scene, too, where they're just beating up Superman, and one of the henchmen just body yeets Superman into a wall. And I was like, wait, did they get stronger? Yeah. 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 uh, the the kryptonite itself, like at one point he had not done nothing to his hands, but his hands started to bleed, like get mm-hmm. cut up and scratched up and bleed. Like he gets incredibly vulnerable on the, underneath this stuff. Um, so Superman is stabbed by Luther with a shard of kryptonite, and he snaps it inside of him. I'm like, man, you really, you really want this whole thing to end, huh? <laughs> um, and the hero falls into the ocean. All this time that this is happening, Kitty is watching from the back, aghast, very sad, of everything that's going on. Mm. Lois wakes up from her nap and she's like, Oh, what happened? We're not dead. He's like, Nah, Superman saved us. <laughs> You're on a helicopter. Don't even worry about it, girl. Superman saved us. And she's like, Where is he? He's like, Oh, yeah, he's back there dying and shit. And she's like, We need to go back there and save him then because if he's, if he's there by himself, he'll die. And this is like the fourth, this is about the fourth time Richard gets the hint. I'm like, you know what? There's a hierarchy here. There's an, there's an obvious hierarchy here. Things have been very weird this week, you know? Very weird. But you know what? I'm just going to go ahead. I'm not even going to bother. I'm going to go fly back. Um, right. So he goes and he flies back. They find him. Um, uh, and stay, she removes the kryptonite from his back. Our big blue boy scout, after regaining the strength from the sun, lifts the landmass after putting layers of earth between him and the kryptonite. A lot mm. of people had an issue with this. I guess because um, it's his weakness, but in kryptonite, yeah. But in retrospect, I I feel like this is one of the many scenes, and now it seems to be a canonical cinematic trope for Superman that he has to push himself. Yes, right, push himself past the boundaries of what he thinks and what we think he's capable of. I think that's an overestimation of the power of the kryptonite, also. Oh yeah, but you know what it is? Is because of the varying levels we're shown. Sometimes sure. he's shown it. It's like, ah, and he faints. <laughs> so you think when, it, when he's holding an entire, you know, tons, metric tons of it, that it would have some effect. But yeah, it's, it's, it, it, there's no like real way to measure it um, as it is there. But yeah, like I think back of him, the world engine should have crushed him, right? The gravity mm-hmm. of Krypton should have crushed him into the ground. But he fought up against that and flew straight up through it. Right. Um, he never flew fast enough to spin back time, but he ended up doing that in Superman 1. So you push yourself. Superman pushes himself in these films. It's canonical at this point, people. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Luther and Kitty escape in their helicopter, and Kitty, Kitty, unwilling to let billions of people die. Uh, yeah, like she, he, Luther doesn't even seem like worried about her family. <laughs> not like no, not at all. Her friends, like that. We'll just rebuild. Don't even worry about it. So she's like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna let all these people die." She tosses the crystals that Lex stole from the Fortress of Solitude. Uh, she and Luther are stranded on a desert island when their helicopter runs out of fuel. Superman pushes the land masses, uh, well, land mass into space with the crystals trapped on the land mass, but is weakened by that kryptonite and crashes back to Earth. Is that another like really Superman thing? Uh, Do you want to yeah, see Superman much. fall from space <laughs> again? He just he just always kind of faints in space and just falls in. It just yep because uh, like, they essentially. They essentially do the same thing or close to it with like the nuke. He has good tracking though, because almost every time he comes down, it's back exactly where it was. <laughs> <laughs> Even though the earth is spinning uh, at all times. He's, he's pretty good at that. He's pretty good at that. But I'm not a, I'm not a physician. All right, GT. Oh, jeez. So, oh, <laughs> so uh, doctors remove more kryptonite from Superman's wounds, but after it's removed, they cannot penetrate his skin with their surgical tools. Mm. Oh, but I mean, then they could have just used the kryptonite, right? Like, ain't that the you just while Superman return, remains in a coma? I mean, Lex figured it out. Lex <laughs> uses it to cut off his his fingernails or something, right? Or uh, so. Zod's fingernails? Yeah, yeah, it was Zod because they've been Kryptonian uh, skin. He wouldn't need kryptonite to cut his fingernails. Uh, but 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 while Superman remains in a coma. Lois and Jason visit him at the hospital where Lois whispers a secret into Superman's ear and then kisses him. What did she say, GT? Uh, the power you is yours. Yeah, yeah, that's what he said, Jeff. Jeff, you anyway, went, what? <laughs> Jeff, just, just remember it. Just remember. You need this information. Uh, Superman later awakens and flies uh, to visit Jason creepily reciting his father Jarrell's last speech to Jason as he sleeps and Jason has no idea what the hell is going on. Mm-hmm. Lois, now in a flutter, uh, starts writing. I mean, she backtracked as soon as she went on that flight with him, right? Yeah. She goes back yeah, to yeah. She goes back to Perry and is like, you know, that article doesn't even really know. No big deal. You know, like, what does it even matter? We should just like get rid of it. And she's like, he's like, what the hell are you talking about? You want a Pulitzer Prize? Yeah, but like, was it even really good? He's like, it won, it won an award. <laughs> what are you talking about, woman? Um, but yeah, she's like, uh, you know, she deletes her other hate piece and goes back to why the world needs Superman again. Yeah. Uh, and Superman reassures her that now he is back to stay. He flies off in lower orbit where he gazes down at the world once again. And we get the end of our Superman Returns. But um, that, that's also another thing that we are tend to do, right? Do that fly. That orbit oh, around the fly through, yeah. yeah, the fly through, um, yeah. Are we meant to believe that they're now a happy family? I don't think so. <laughs> like, what is this? This doesn't end, surely, right? Like, this doesn't. There's a lot uh, of preparing gets, to do. This gets more and more awkward. I feel like as this continues. Um, what do you think of the the Daily Planet people? So Perry White and um, Jimmy Olsen. Um, also, like, I, I, I don't know that dude well, but, like, I've seen his face around, and it's just like, that seems like the perfect casting for that guy. Yeah, yeah, no, he, he kind of kills it. Yeah, he's from Things. Uh, <laughs> no, because, I like, I'm remembering him. I actually think I was talking about him, and he was in that movie uh, Fanboys, but I don't think that was ever really big. Not another teen movie, 
Jungle okay. to Oh, he's the kid from Jungle to Jungle. <laughs> Holy hell. Nice. Another divorced dad movie. That's that's one of the many Tim Allen divorced dads. I'm trying to be a better dad movie. Um, yeah, he was in Jungle to Jungle, where he won a Saturn Award. So look at that. Veronica Mars, Superman Returns, and he was in Superman Returns, the video game. Of course he was. I don't think he comes back to... Nope. He doesn't come back to anything DC after that. But yeah, he was he was there in there. You were talking about Cal Penn. Do you want to tell that mm-hmm. story? Um, I don't I don't necessarily know the story. I just know um he basically gets a bunch of he gets a bunch of scenes and in in the edit all every scene that he has lines in. Yeah. So cut right out. So supposedly he was going to be like a ex disgruntled. He was going to be like Eddie Brock, like okay. an ex disgruntled Daily Planet reporter. That okay. got screwed over somehow, some way by like Lois or uh, Clark. Okay. And then um, that that would have given him the axe to grind, you know? Yes. Seemingly, they just keep showing him as if he's somebody of note, but don't explain why he matters. <laughs> yes. So let me see if I... Yeah. Uh, it would have been revealed that his character was a disgraced former Daily Planet science reporter who was bribed by Lex Luthor to plant false evidence of Krypton's possible survival. I mean, right? I'm pretty sure all of that was explored in the video game, GT. I'm which sure is it was. Which, That's what's important, all right? That all of this stuff gets put into the video game. Um, um, what I do remember hearing is um, I think Cal Penn noted that he had a joke in mind for the Harold and Kumar movies where Brandon Ralph would show up several times with no lies. Oh, that'd be hilarious. And he, yeah, he'd be like, oh, we're going to do more stuff for him, but <laughs> he all got cut. <laughs> no, that would have been, yeah, that would have been hilarious. What do you think about the idea that it did take Superman and Lex so long to meet each other? They said one of the things that people said against this film, one of the criticisms against it was the lack of action sequences. Um. I don't, I'm not really bothered by the idea of him and Lex not having a bunch of scenes together because it's like, what are they going to do? Like, Lex isn't going to punch him. Right. We talk about this, I feel like, almost every time we talk about Superman, but Superman needs something to punch, huh? To a degree, yes. I mean, he doesn't punch anybody in that first Superman film, which is why I guess people try keep trying to go to that well. But I guess. But s- superhero films have jumped up, you know, a ranking, I feel like. You know, uh, as far yeah. as what we ex- are to expect of them. And if you're going to do something like this, I think people expect a little bit more action. This is 2005. So we had already gotten a, a whole, whole host of Spider-Man films, X-Men films, Blade, mm. stuff like that. And this might have been a little bit, you know, too soft for that. It, it might have been. It might have been. Um, I, I think there's I think there's a difficulty in having like that big Superman climax when it isn't like about yeah because you kind of like the thing is is that when you go to a superman movie you're kind of hoping to see superman do all these amazing things and majority of the time like the amazing things isn't saving people it's yeah. not as exciting yeah no it's yeah. lovely but yeah like, it's like it's like sweet but but th- that's the thing like to to then to then create uh, oh that was the other thing um, uh, Singer wanted Zod in this film. Okay. 
Zod to be played by uh, Jude Law. I could see that. And after Law turned down the role several times, Singer, <laughs> elim- Singer eliminated the character from the script. Stop calling. Uh, Zod went on to subsequ- subsequently appear as the main villain in Man of Steel right after that. Um, but he threw Zod in a hole, so I don't know. Maybe they're, maybe they're going to erase number uh, number two as well. It's just going to be a sequel to a sequel to the first one. Um, what was funny was I was doing the research for um, Superman Lives. Okay, because like I eventually want to get to the point where um, we cover that documentary. I think it's incredibly interesting. Have you seen it? I haven't. I have, and it's it's okay. it's uh, the the film was going to be a shit show, basically. <laughs> um, he did eventually get to play Superman. Yeah, and the thing is, Kevin Smith was the one. Um, he was he was working along John Peters to create this script. I'm just trying to give people an example of the sort of crap uh, <laughs> that that, um, that happens. Yeah, like they didn't want Superman to fly. Yes. You know, um, I'm trying to find I had the quote here. But yeah, it was like talking is, about is how they the didn't one, watch is him. it like the, the thing from um Kevin's stand up? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he was saying basically they, like, I know that I know at one point they want a big mechanical spider that they ended up using for yes. uh Wild Wild, Wild, Wild West. West. <laughs> Says you and me, Kevin, we're from the streets. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, it was just like a bunch of weird things that they wanted from Superman that they were going to change. I think he up. did. I think he didn't want to fly. I think he didn't want the cape or any of that, like quote silly shit. I, I'm trying to look for it because there's a there's a uh, there's a <laughs> there's Man a quote was trying to write the Dark Knight of Superman films. Okay, here we go. Uh, I just want to find this quote. Trust me, it's worth it. <laughs> uh, Okay. Uh, Peters presented Kevin Smith with three rules. Superman, uh, wa- he wanted Superman to wear an all-black suit, feeling the yes. traditional suit was, quote-unquote, too faggy. <laughs> okay? He didn't want to see Superman fly, saying that he looked like an overgrown Boy Scout. Um, in order to deal with this, Smith wrote Superman flying as a red and blue blur in flight, creating a sonic boom every time he flew. Uh, He wanted uh, Superman to fight a giant spider in the third act. Smith accepted the terms, realizing that he was being hired to to execute a preordained idea. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, he thought he was Gucci. Peters and Warner Brothers forced Kevin Smith to write a scene involving Brainiac fighting polar bears at the Fortress of Solitude. And Peters wanted Brainiac to give Lex a space dog, sta- uh, stating Chewie's cuddly man. You can make a toy out of him, so you got to give him a dog. At least that's the one thing that actually exists. Yes. Uh, Smith claims that this was because of the recent re-release of the original Star Wars trilogy, which makes a lot of sense, right? Mm-hmm. But Peters wanted Brainiac's robot assistant, Elrond, to be voiced by Dwight Ewell, calling him a gay R2-D2 with attitude. Yes, I needed all of those direct quotes because you wouldn't have believed me if I said them, if I said them as, as they were. But, you know, through the failure of that film, we ended up getting this film. 
And even after that, four months be- before this film was even released, Warner Brothers had already announced that there was going to be a 2009 theatrical release of a sequel with mm-hmm. Brian Singer coming back to direct Brandon Ralph, Kate Bosworth, Kevin Spacey, etc., reprising really? their roles. Yeah. Uh, due to his commitment, Singer dropped out of directing the remake of Logan's Run and an okay. adaptation of The Mayor of Castro Street. Uh, the writer wanted the sequel to be action-packed, fe- featuring mm. other Kryptonians and Brainiac and Bizarro. The new Krypton landmass floating in space at the end of Superman Returns would have served as a plot device. All right. Because now you got, I guess you can grow Kryptonians there. Maybe. That'd be pretty cool, right? Um, As a plot device, although Superman Returns received mostly positive reviews, Warner Brothers and Legendary Pictures were disappointed in the film's box office return. Of course. Warner Brothers President Alan F. Horn explained that Superman Returns was a very successful film, but that it should have done 500 million worldwide. We should have had perhaps a little more action to satisfy the young male crowd. I love how much that number has jumped. Yeah, right? It's like now this thing, thing needs to like, make no, a billion. Batman v Superman should have done one billion yeah, domestically. No, that's the crazy thing about it. Like, I don't understand what math that these people are using. The, <laughs> the film that we're talking about right now, um, like I said, it, it performed under box office expectations, but it outgrossed Batman Begins. And it's right. the second highest at the time was the second highest grossing DC film ever made only right. after Batman in 89. So the highest grossing film in 20, uh, yeah, about 20 something years. Um, and oh, no, no, failure, failure. This thing's terrible. Got to kick it to the curb. <laughs> Batman, Batman gets way more bite of the apple, it feels like. But what, what was it? it wasn't oh, even, absolutely. It wasn't even 10 I, years. I, I between, say all the time, like, devil. There will always be more Batman films. Why? I never have to worry about it. There will always be more. Ba- I, I guess they think Batman is just an easier story to tell because there's a humanistic, there's a massive humanistic quality. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but, 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 so, yeah, it's supposed, to make, it's supposed to have made more money. Singer reacted incredulously to the studio's complaints, saying that, the movie made $400 million. I don't know what constitutes underperforming these days. $175 million was the maximum budget Warner Brothers was projecting for the sequel as Superman Returns cost $204 million. But yeah, ultimately, plans for a sequel were dropped. Um, as far as like the homework on this thing, it comes out to trying to find out the budget and the actual cost of everything. Um, supposedly, the budget is about $204 million net. Uh, 223 million gross. The box office comes in at three, 391.1 million. So okay. almost double. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's which, crazy. Which to them, after like advertising costs and all the other extra things that don't go into the actual budget of the film, right? Probably al- doesn't come out that great. It's also kind of eerie. We are recording this uh, 15 years and one day from its Los Angeles premiere. Mm. Uh, so yeah, 15 years later, do uh, do you think it stands the test of time uh, with a lot of these um, 2000s comic book films? Some of these 2000s comic book films are tremendous. Some of them are really really bad. Uh, it's you... better than a few of them. Yeah, yeah. I watched Superman Returns before I watched Daredevil again. Oh, that's interesting. Will you watch Superman Returns before you watch uh, X Men Last Stand? Uh, 
Probably. Probably. I, I, I still have a good time with Superman Returns compared to X-Men. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I And I like that world. I it, It's one of those things, and it might be the same way with Batman for me. You show me enough stuff from that world, I'm kind yeah. of already comfortable. All the other kind of stuff, I'll be like, eh, you know. Um, but yeah. We'll never see another Brian Singer Superman film again because in 1997, a number of boys and men have alleged that Singer sexually assaulted them as minors. Uh, so that happened. Um, and yeah, so this would be this film would be the like the third or fourth worst thing this man's ever done. So you don't even got to worry about that. Um, so, but uh, yeah, I like I like looking back at this. We cover a lot of films that are like we do for which was worse and stuff like that. Um, that I don't necessarily like. I don't. I think get to get a bad rep. I think this probably has the same problem that a lot of Superman movies have, where I don't think they really know what they want, what story they want to tell with the guy. I think right. it's more so that they know that the emblem is popular, that the character is popular, and that most things that they do regarding the character is going to sell outright, but with no vision. Like. How, how, like, where do you go? You just, you just then start doing the cookie cutter stuff, right? Lois hostage, Lex, uh, big plan, fly around the world, and then credits. Um, you kind of, you kind of get all the, um, you kind of get all the relationship stuff you get out of the Spider Man trilogy. Yes. Yeah. That's another thing. Yeah. That's why I said when I was watching this and I got that love triangle, I said this felt very like early 2000s. You're the villain just because you're the guy that's dating the girl. I often yeah. point, I, you know, I often point to. You're not get, supposed to be with her. I get Our in trouble. Is. I get in trouble a lot of times, but I think it's shitty, ladies and gentlemen, and, and uh, mini spoiler alerts for a different film. I think it's shitty that in the notebook, the girl's with the guy, and mm-hmm. the other guy just shows up and is like, oh, remember we used to bang and takes her back. <laughs> it's the same thing. It's like, I don't know. Are we supposed to be putting these people away? I, yeah, I, it's, I don't it's, know. Um, it's, uh, what's this dude's name? It's, uh, the Walking Dead guy at the girlfriend's at the girl's house with the signs. Yes, while her boyfriend is in the other room. It's like, come on, man! And I feel bad for um, like I said, I felt bad for Marzin and all this. Uh, he needs a good. Uh, he needs another good superhero role coming soon. I hope. Um, I wonder if he's willing to take one. Yeah, I mean, I could be. I would be over it after all this as well. He, I think he'd be like a good Nightwing, like an older Nightwing. But that guy's like forty. He'd be a good older Nightwing. You are currently watching Superman and Lois, correct? I am. Are there I any? To... Are there anything that is there anything from that version of Superman that you would like to see mixed with some of the elements of this that could possibly be the concoction that gives us the Superman movie we need? What do you think they're doing over there on that show that they didn't know they could or should do with that character? Um, uh, I know that's like the heaviest question of all time. But... <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, the obvious answer, I guess, would be actually have the family. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get them past the, like, I don't know, Lois. I don't know where Superman is kind of stuff, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, we actually had the family. It's actually a thing. Um, uh, there's a lot of, um, excuse me. I guess there's like, there's something to say about not only telling like an occasional small town story with Superman while still having him be Superman. Yeah. But also like it would have been so easy for that show to go straight to Luthor and they didn't. Yeah. 
and it takes a lot of restraint not to. It's like we say all the time with Batman and Joker. People can't you know? stop. And, right? and, and maybe that Joker. has a lot to do with the fact that Luthor is technically busy right now on the other show. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because there's there really is one Luthor on that on in that world on that yes. Earth, and it would be John Cryer's Lex Luthor. But you're right. Like when I go back and I like uh, my big appreciation for Superman became when I started reading like Superman Rebirth and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. even then he had that little sm- like that small town um, aesthetic does a lot for that character because it harkens back to a, a America we don't recognize anymore. So sometimes right. you got to show old towns that we don't seem to recognize anymore and bring back some of that old fashioned uh, that old fashioned middle America heart, yeah. I guess. You know, or you could just crush a, a million buildings, spray paint false god on them, and call it a day. <laughs> that's also, that is also quite possibly a uh, something that you could that you could do. But we have covered this, and I believe now maybe I think the only Superman film we have yet to cover is Superman three. So we're gonna put that underneath the the earth and underneath the kryptonite and underneath the earth that's underneath the kryptonite <laughs> We're it's not put the that... worst one but it's still not great no but we think we already ripped the band-aid off of superman 4 so right. like now like i don't know how i want to go back into those depths again but <laughs> but yeah I, I i dug it i like brandon routh in it i think i think that any anything i didn't like about this film honestly i blame on the direction of the film i think that sure. everyone was doing what they were told but the direction, yeah. because it was seemingly trying to sequelize something that was 30, 40, 30 years old at the time, uh, right. it, it, it's hard to do. It's almost impossible to do. I'd argue, look at any sequel that came out more than 10 years after the fact. It just doesn't, it can't I think hold a lot of it. I think a lot of it has to do with the choices in the script. And I think if you, I think if you removed the entire chunk of the, um, like, child and Lois drama, you may yeah. have had a better movie. <laughs> Yeah, they the like they will they or won't did they Lois and Clark like in two thousand five like uh, we know this we've done this already we, we yeah we know how this goes we got to speed this thing up uh, and they, even now with the you know the DCEU how we have it like they're just now getting together uh, Lois and Clark so and, it, and it's it's, 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 it's almost one of those things where it's like if you're going to imply that maybe Lois and Clark won't get together you need to actually do that or else it's a waste of time yeah. And, and you need to have the balls to not put them together. Right. Because characters get hurt in the progress, like literally hurt, like hurt story wise, structurally yeah. wise, they get hurt in the process. I feel like this made Lois look a little bit flighty. I think that this made um, Superman look a little bit advantageous. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. oh, you're in love. No, no, no. I totally get it. You want to go fly for a second? You want to go, go, <laughs> go check out Earth at uh, 3000 feet? No. Right. Are you sure? I mean, I know he takes you in a plane. You know, that's got to be cool, like in a plane, yes. I guess. You know, just but... you know, be be careful. The the air gets kind of thin. Yeah. Remember how easy he did it in the first movie, where he's just holding her by her hand, and they're both equally fine. <laughs> physics, bro. I'm telling you, <laughs> Superman <laughs> physics be all jacked up. No, uh, see, my favorite one is still in. Um, is it is it Man of Steel or is it Batman v Superman? The one where Superman just sort of like pops up under amy adams and everything just slows down yeah yeah like all the depth like the, the all the massive like uh collateral damage and everything just <laughs> whoom, whoom. it's like what yeah like superman used the force it's love at first sight bro that's what love does to you, you know <laughs> that's what that's what i hear nowadays 
Um, but yeah, hopefully we'll be able to cover more Superman uh, stuff. I really want to get into Superman and Lois, but I'm one of those people. I'm doing the comic thing of it where I needed to finish so I could just okay get get all up in me. You're um, pretty close. But we're, we're also, man, we're about to be flooded with stuff, bro. We got, um, like you said, we're pretty close to Superman and Lois. Loki's about to be halfway done by the time this um, episode comes out. Yes. We got um, um, Doom Patrols coming out. We got Stargirl coming out uh, soon. Titan Season 3 coming out. We'll be covering each and every one of those things here on the Major Issues Podcast. Um, so you guys got to make sure that you are listening to us. You are liking, sharing, subscribing. I don't know how you found us now. I'm glad that you did, but make sure that you are continuing on this journey with us every single week. Uh, every single episode of the Major Issues Podcast is available at comicbookclick.com, which is where we have articles written by members of the Click, like myself and GT. We have um, apparel designed by us, a little about us section so you can find out a little bit about us. And every single episode of the Major Issues Podcast, over 100 episodes, over 360 hours of content at this point. And it just keeps growing. And we do it free of charge. We do it because we love you. Uh, so thank you, guys. That's the first place you can find the Major Issues Podcast. But you can really find it wherever podcasts are found. So if you already have a podcast app on your phone, like if you have Apple, they didn't even ask you. They already put a podcast app on your phone. Go to there and search Major Issues Podcast. We'll be the first ones to pop up. And we're the first ones to pop up if you type in Major Issues Podcast in any podcast player. Podcast Addict, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, wherever podcasts exist, so do we. Just type in Major Issues Podcast and we'll be the first ones to pop right up. Like I said, we do this free of charge. So if you want to help us out, you can do so by helping us grow as grow an audience. Rate and review us on iTunes. This is a quick way we can grow as podcasters and find a, find out what you guys like, what you don't like about the podcast. So we can keep tweaking in the ever-growing evolution of this show. And if you give us five stars, when people are looking for something to listen to, they'll see our podcast and they'll want to listen to it too. Then they'll jump on this bandwagon and it's getting full. So make sure that you guys are doing your best uh, to like, share, and subscribe. Now, if you're feeling a little generous and you want to, you know, help us keep the lights on with some financial assistance for as little as 10 cents a day, uh, sorry, for as little as um, 30 cents a month. Or $3 a day. Yeah, it is 10 cents a day. <laughs> it's literally 10 cents a day. All this Superman math. This is Kryptonian math, bro. It's getting to me. <laughs> For as little as 10 cents a day, $3 a month, you can help support us independent content creators as we continue to do our best to push the boundaries of comic book content and commentary. That's all we do here as part of Major Issues Podcast and Comic Book Click each and every week. So, or you can do so by going to patreon.com slash CBC clubhouse, become a patron, give us some of your money so we can keep the lights on over here and I can get a better air conditioner. So I wouldn't be short circuiting during this heat wave. Uh, ah. But, but yes, tell a friend to tell a friend, like, share, and subscribe, join the conversation by going to facebook.com slash comic book click Instagram at comic book click, or use the hashtag comic book click to talk about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. We're also at major issues, CBC on Twitter. And I believe you have a Twitter handle as well. GT. I do. It's rebirth GT. I really use it, but by all means. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Spam them, spam them. Tell them how you feel about, uh, I don't know what you want to hear about now. GT. I don't know how I feel about uh, pretzels. Oh, what do you geez. say? What do you say on the pretzel debate, GT? What goes on a pretzel? Um, I I don't actually put anything on a pretzel. 
There you go, people. I, Get on him. I've, he puts I've nothing. Never, I've never dipped or anything. I just wow. eat as it is. Like a founding father, bro. You know what I'm saying? He's <laughs> very low maintenance. So argue with GT about his pretzel eating habits <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> on Twitter. But uh, let's see. I did that. I did the Patreon, whatever. Next week, GT, you know what we're doing next week? What are we doing next week? I don't know because I messed up the schedule and I missed a week. <laughs> so, so be surprised. Make, tune into the social medias and I'll, I'll figure something out. It's going to be an action-packed week because I am set to move this time next week. So we will be squeezing out that episode with some urgency. I'll figure out what the hell we're going we're gonna to do about it, but it will surely be fun. But the only way to find out what is going to happen, the only way to know what's going on next as part of the Major Issues Podcast is to find yourself right here next Wednesday and every single Wednesday because that's what we do. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don. I'm Gregory Thomas, a.k.a. GT Rebirth. And this has been our Superman Returns 15-year anniversary recap and review. And remember, whether you've held a grudge against your boo for ghosting you, whether you can't tell the difference between maroon and red costume designers, whether you're focused on the bulge or you're just one bad wig away from nailing some sweet beachfront property, remember that we are the click. And remember that you, yes, you are worthy. <laughs>